0: Silva notably played with uh, what Albert Eiler, Cecil Taylor and a couple other guys and uh, you know then we heard what the kids are doing today with jazz which is uh, Pharaoh and the Underground just heard the track called Spiral Mercury and with that we are out of time folks so keep it locked Grey Matters coming your way in just about 30 quick seconds (laughs) Coming directly from the Hilton Hotel. On top of the Hilton Hotel. For your entertainment pleasure.
1: WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor. If you're any further left, you'd be watching TV.
0: Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. Jim Dwyer's probably still searching for a parking space. School's back in session. The Jim Harbaugh era has begun. Congratulations to the Wolverines. Good to see some spirited defense back at the big house. But anyway, uh, you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And Gray Matters, well, what we do down here just for possible new listeners and uh, new people in town and whatnot is we sort of mix it up with a variety of public affairs uh, issues that are sort of pertinent, relevant to the news. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I think last week, for me, the most compelling stories that I was hearing because I didn't really want to think too much about the continuing uh refugee-slash-migrant problem in Europe, or listening to Todd, uh, to, uh, Todd Corser <laughs> finally resign. Yes, the Cindy Gamret Corser, uh, soap opera here in the state of Michigan is over, <laughs> mercifully. Uh, I don't know if that's going to make a Donald Trump reality television show, but The plot is interesting in and of itself. But yeah, uh, looking forward to what's coming up in Congress in the the next couple of weeks. It's going to be very tiresome to uh, watch Congress, and particularly Ted Cruz, who's running for president, try and orchestrate a linkage between uh, shutting down the government, the American government, continuing budget resolutions and the inaction of Congress, to the fraudulence of these Planned Parenthood videos. It's pretty much been exposed that these videos, slash tapes, whatever you want to call them, are heavily edited and uh, essentially present the uh, abortion issue to the public in a completely fraudulent manner. I guess Rick Perry's glasses didn't work. I would give him a brain damage award, but... Let's give him credit. I think he saw the handwriting on the wall and has bowed out of the presidential race. Obviously, what really hurt him was he didn't make the top ten for the uh, varsity debate a couple of weeks ago. Uh, John Kasich sort of edged him out at the last second. And uh, surprisingly, uh, in the Republican uh, field... uh, Ben Carson and Donald Trump continue to lead in Iowa, but we'll see if that changes in upcoming weeks. The euro uh, crisis, just to cover that very quickly, um, I think has been somewhat uh, overlooked here in the United States for the American role and how this crisis came new into existence. Obviously, most of the people that are fleeing into Europe are fleeing f- because of the war torn regions of uh, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan. And of course America got involved militarily in these regions of the country. We don't hear much in the presidential debates or even in the campaign about these disastrous foreign policy decisions. Instead, we hear a lot of demagoguery about the Iran deal, uh, which, of course, is not a treaty. It is a multilateral um, foreign policy uh, diplomatic effort by uh, basically the U.N. Security Council plus Germany, who are going to be responsible for the inspections and the monitoring of this program going forward. And because there's a component of the deal that allows uh, sanctions to be reimposed, if that's what ultimately ends up happening, if Iran cheats, and that's a big if, um, then the sanctions will be reimposed. And I don't think the critics of the Obama policy have... uh, persuasively convinced, objective people that this is a bad deal, either for the world or for Israel. So it's interesting that this was a uh, rather profound defeat for, for AIPAC and Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. But it's rather troublesome and troubling, in my opinion, that not a single Republican in the United States Congress has the guts to support this deal publicly. So we'll get this sort of uh, inside baseball gamesmanship, resolution of disapproval, whatever. Let's remember that in the 1920s, when Woodrow Wilson was trying to promote The Versailles Treaty, which, of course, was also flawed. Treaties and diplomacy by nature are not perfect deals. And it was the isolationists and the so-called irredentists that failed to ratify the treaty. That was an actual treaty. But this is not. This is a foreign policy initiative. And I think that, objectively speaking, it's a good thing.
1: Well, uh, Jim Dwyer joining the program a little bit late here. Uh, It's illustrative of a couple of things. First of all, the extent to which Iran as a nation has been thoroughly vilified. And to some extent, it's merited. Uh, There's involvement in all sorts of chicanery, but America's Long-term memory is non-existent with regards to foreign policy, and the entire reason that bad blood exists between our countries is almost entirely due to the long-term U.S. support for the Shah of Iran, Savak, and the military police. Uh, Yes, it was a very westernized, modernized uh, state, but it had a ruthless—it was a police state yeah in essence uh, that enjoyed uh, numerous aspects culturally of western democracies without the democracy um and of course the original 53
0: coup was orchestrated essentially by the american cia combined with the anglo-american oil petroleum right it was entity a, which has become con- bp
1: right it was a concern <laughs> over uh who has access to the oil nationalizing of uh, resources is uh, something that, uh, well, let's just say it triggered a lot of CIA activity uh, throughout the world, Uh, Iran just being one example, and one of the very few successes, really, that the CIA can boast with regards to successful coups. Um, Yeah, and it's interesting, parenthetically, just to
0: add that Iran was occupied during World War II uh, jointly by the British and the Russians. This was to get control of the oil Mm -hmm. so that adolf hitler couldn't get control of the oil oil of course plays a huge role in uh understanding how wars function and why they are so devastating to ordinary people i.e read refugees slash migrants i don't know how many people are really migrants because we've we've heard pretty detailed stories about you know, one if by land, two, if by sea, most of the migrants are actually kind of walking into Europe. And obviously this is this is going to be hashed out by the European Union, but it underscores there is no unified European policy on this. We're getting sort of a hodgepodge of ideas from various leaders about how to go forward on this problem. But this problem in Europe is minuscule compared to what's actually going on in the Middle East. Let's remember that Lebanon is another uh, country in the Middle East that's been beleaguered and besieged by Islamic uh, internecine warfare for years. They are actually
1: hosting two million Syrian refugees, about half of the refugees. And how many million Palestinian refugees uh, came, you know, uh, all through the, uh, the uh, Israel, uh, Lebanese Civil War? They were just one of the pawns. And, of course, this refugee problem is an s- unbelievably
0: serious global issue at this time. Uh, the United Nations, of course, is underscoring that, are there, that there are approximately 51 million war refugees around the globe, and of course most of these refugees are in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, northern Africa, and um, the Middle East, where of course all this warfare has simply not worked out as a policy, and while there's all this vilification of Iran, and obviously there's reasons to historically appreciate some of the dastardly things that the Iranian government has done, it's quite clear from uh, particularly uh, listening to the BBC that you get a, a sense that the Iranian people themselves are not anti-Western, uh, that they want uh, progress to be made, and that they actually have a far more progressive concept of uh, the 21st century. Saudi Arabia has frequently been overlooked in these Ongoing problems in the Middle East, and the close relationship between the American Pentagon and the Saudi royal family uh, goes back decades, and as part of the problem, uh, this Wahhabi-Sunni es- extremism that, of course, has reared its ugly head, primarily uh, recently with ISIL in uh, so-called uh, the... Uh, northeastern part of Syria and the northwestern part of Iraq. Uh, Remember, this part of Iraq was where the Bush administration was asserting throughout uh, the the end of its presidency that the surge was working. So much for that. And of course, uh, obviously, this last week, we saw Yet another commemoration of the 9/11 events, and uh, once again, this uh, Wahhabi extremism, as uh, manifested by the Saudi support for this sort of uh, nonsense, to uh, put it charitably, uh, is just another sort of faction in this horrible thing that continues to go on in the Middle East. And these proxy wars are not just limited, by the way, to Syria and Iraq; they're going on, they're ongoing in Yemen. Another terrible humanitarian situation. And uh, the fact that Iran has even been at the negotiating table and internally is relatively peaceful, even almost compared to, say, Turkey, Mm -hmm. with the Kurdish situation, um, I think has to lead one to question some of the demagoguery that we're going to continue to hear Regarding the congressional approval or slash disapproval right. of the
1: Iranian deal. And, and that's the other uh, facet of this that's really illustrative uh, is the lockstep, Kool-Aid chugging, eyes wide shut mentality of the Republican voting block. They just there are no independent thinkers. It's all slavish uh, devotion to whatever the fringes seem to want. What is the, the demographic of, that that wants uh, what the Republicans say that they want? It's it's baffling,
0: and it's interesting. Even as you as the you know the ongoing refugee problem in, in uh, Europe uh, continues to unfold, and this has been going on to some degree all year. Earlier in the year, we had more perhaps focus on the uh, the sea situation regarding people that were drowning and or getting rescued by the uh, the Greek navy. I don't know if Agamemnon uh, had his one of his boats out there, but <laughs> uh, Greece and Italy of course are poorly poised to deal with uh, a, a lot of refugees, period, as their e- economies are in very bad uh, circumstances at the present time. It's fascinating to compare the mismanagement of the Italian government over the past 20 years by a Certain Silvio Berlusconi, uh, the comparisons to Donald Trump are oh, remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> so, breaking news: Donald Trump has regained control of the Miss Universe contest.
1: Well, that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> Another corporate merger, so uh, successfully pulled yeah. off by the Donald. The universe is in good hands, uh, I guess, is all that can be said there. And, of course, as part of the debate ongoing in Europe about
0: uh, this uh, distinction between migrants, economic migrants, how do you vet these these refugees, who are real refugees versus who are economic migrants? And, of course, they throw in the word terrorism just for convenience. But we're hearing some of the European governments note that they will deport migrants back to the countries of origin. <laughs> well, Donald Trump has a plan, a secret plan here in America, to deport 11 million Mexican-Americans.
1: Yeah, actually, how that's going to work is unclear. And what it will do to the economy of California, whose you know uh, economic linchpin is cheap migrant labor, Uh, And whatever water is available to squeeze out of the hills uh, remains to be seen. But just this afternoon on CNN, I saw across the ticker, uh, this is just flicking through, since there's no reason to linger on the Wolf Blitzer show, uh, that according to a CNN survey, 31 percent of Americans fear Mexico as a threat to the United States. And the number goes to 60 some percent among Republicans. What Mexico's not a threat to the u s well, they're certainly not a military threat, and uh they're not, not really an economic threat either i mean what what does that even mean? That's just paranoia
0: yeah and and the the xenophobia and the ongoing fact that the the United States Congress doesn't has never taken immigration reform seriously this this is almost a a fraudulent uh, concept in and of itself. There never is any reform. There's just a lot of belly aching going yeah. on and a lot of propaganda. And, of course, it succeeds at some level when economic times are difficult. It's been interesting to note in recent weeks that the American media has finally rediscovered how uh, <clears throat> economic deportations functioned in uh, the early years of the Great Depression under Herbert Hoover and J. Edgar Hoover. Mm. They did round up uh, quite a lot of... The Palmer Raids. ...Mexican migrant workers uh, in Southern California. And, of course, California has been in the news for other reasons. These We don't have the towering inferno. We have the raging infernos. We have this... Sixty-some acres just absolutely scorched? Well, yeah, just exploding wildfires as a result of the drought. Uh, The New York Times had a very interesting story last week, by the way, related to these uh, raging forest fires that are serious. I mean, this is—do we need more evidence of uh, climate change? uh, Apparently not, but apparently so for some people. Um, But, yeah, the air quality in uh, the Central Valley is uh, toxic. There's uh, an explosion of asthma-related problems connected to all of the soot. And uh, it is not a good situation. And you have to uh, be very supportive of volunteer firefighters and the Forestry Service that is dealing with this, uh, these problems that are just
1: unbelievable. Yeah, one of the uh, congressional representatives of uh, California just made the announcement today that the, uh, all the money for um, controlling fires and putting out fires has already been spent, and that they're t- to continue to fight these blazes, tapping into other budgets, uh, fire prevention budgets. Yeah. So uh, this is expensive stuff to uh, deal with uh, where are the tea baggers when uh, such crises happen? Where does this money come from you uh you've gotta have some kind of government well you do and and um
0: i i'm just i continue to be befuddled by some of the sort of empty rhetoric that accompanies this whole presidential campaign about a a variety of these uh these international and economic issues that that seem to, to to go nowhere um i don't know if donald trump is going to start sporting glasses but uh rick perry i believe
1: has a spare pair <laughs> a spare pair these days well i like the uh, language in the front page story on the times today about bush training to counteract trump's barbs uh this is you know right out of the tv guide you know this really belongs in the entertainment section i think and not on the front page because this is trying to rev people up for the oh boy this is going to be good what's old trump gonna do now crazy trump and uh bush has got to up the ante it says here uh bush and his aides are under great pressure to create a memorable showdown with the real estate developer to match a newly aggressive tone on the campaign uh a showdown Showdown at the OK Corral, of course, uh, Jeb
0: Bush has been particularly lackluster, in my opinion, on this whole run for the presidency. Uh, One of the things that's sort of interesting about the departure of Perry, just to cover that for one or two minutes, he was actually one of the more aggressive Hmm. attackers of Donald Trump. Apparently, he's uh, going to be handing the baton off to... Bobby Jindal, watch out. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is the man who's, uh, I think, spent the night in a closet on a coat rack when he delivered the Republican response.
1: (laughs) Well, actually, my favorite Bobby Jindal moment is when he filmed himself uh, telling his children that he was going to run for president. (laughs) And that that was what he aired. And that was the announcement. That's classic.
0: In other words, it was the uh, apotheosis
1: of selfie selfies. Yeah. their body language said it all. Okay, Dad, whatever you say. In other words, uh, it was
0: sort of like Bart Simpson uh, <laughs> hearing from Homer that he's
1: abandoning his job at the, <laughs> the, American the power plant. People. The American people reacted with just as much excitement as the Jindal children. Well, he's yeah, he okay. I
0: mean, at least Perry was getting 2 or 3% in the in the uh, Yeah. in the polls. i Jindal, I don't know if he's even breaking one tenth of 1%, but uh Donald Trump, I'm sure is uh polishing up the armor and working on the hairspray cuz he
1: can't wait for the Bobby Jindal uh upcoming attacks. Well, that's this Wednesday, right? I think is the next round of fun slash pain. Yeah, and it will be fascinating, of course, to uh, apparently
0: it's going to take place at the Reagan Presidential Library, so we'll get a uh, complete dose of uh, 30 years of amnesia regarding, A, the policies of either George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan himself. I don't think we'll hear too much about the regulation, deregulation of the banking situation that Ronald Reagan undertook uh, regarding the savings and loans. Yeah. Of course, all of the media hoopla in recent uh, weeks has been about whether or not Janet Yellen is and the Federal Reserve are going to raise interest rates by a quarter of a percent at the upcoming Fed. A meeting in a couple of weeks. Uh, the big money on this, by the way, is, is against a rate increase at this time. A couple of months ago, it was 50-50. Now it's considered to be a 70-30 Las Vegas odds makers on this uh, monumental policy uh, that change that may or may not occur. This, of course, is all sort of been a a, a, a last-second development because of the whole uh, correction in the stock market and the deflationary pressures ongoing in China. There is no evidence for why there should be a, a, a rate increase. By the way, there's absolutely no sign of inflation anywhere in the ec- global economy. Commodity prices continue to collapse. Wages are stagnant,
1: Um, but uh, corporate fraud and identity theft are rampant. But I'll tell you, fast food workers getting uh, $14 minimum wage is going to destroy the economy.
0: But hopefully Ted Cruz will somehow finagle a uh, governmental shutdown over (laughs) Planned Parenthood. (laughs) Can't wait for that. Uh, Yet another example of policy
1: based on fraud. Well, yeah. Speaking of policies based on fraud and just plain fraud, uh, back to the Ronald Reagan Presidential Museum, where I wonder if uh, the subject of America's former friends uh, in the Salvadoran military will come up, because it looks like the uh, U.S. Justice Department has finally seen the light of day and is helping uh, extradition attempts by Spain to uh, round up uh, 19. Uh, military officers uh, linked to and directly responsible for, it's believed, uh, one of just several massacres that happened throughout the uh, Reagan presidency in El Salvador. Uh, Orlando Montano Morales, uh, former uh, defense minister of El Salvador, is among these. Um, the, The famous incident, of course, is the six Jesuits priests uh, most of whom were of Spanish citizenship. Their housekeeper and her child were shot uh, execution style by Ronald Reagan-supported Salvadoran military adjuncts.
0: Yeah, and of course the, the El Salvador civil the El Salvadorian civil war is an example of how warfare creates uh, immigration problems for other countries. Indeed, one seventh of El Salvador is estimated to have fled. The Civil Wars of the 1980s in El Salvador and came to America. Uh, we didn't hear much crit- criticism from any Republicans about Ronald Reagan's immigration policy in the 1980s as a result of this. Uh, but uh, we hear these <laughs> bold ideas by Donald Trump to build a uh, thousand mile fences down in Mexico. And what? F- what did you say last week?
1: Five? Fifty-two hundred miles of oh, Scott Walker's wall against Canada. Yeah, yeah the wall, f- almost fifty-six hundred miles. The wall against Canada, <laughs> <laughs> never, made of
0: snow. Never, never know when Dudley Dewright might cross the border on horseback. <laughs> Is that Dudley Dewright? Uh, chin first, no doubt. Trying to get into the United States. Uh, you would think it would be the other <laughs> other way around. Can they, Canada would be worried about Americans. Right fleeing into their country. And of course Canada, by the way, is is one country that can uh, probably accommodate some of the economic slash war refugees uh from the European situation. You know, it's interesting they had a, a Harper's Index uh item uh from a couple of years ago. I just I had it out here and I just lost it. Oh yeah, this is this is very interesting. It says the um the portion of global expenditure on social welfare problems that is spent on Europeans, one half. <laughs> so uh, perhaps the, uh, the refugees are reading the <laughs> statistics from the Harper's Index, a uh, source that we sometimes quote down here to uh, illustrate and highlight uh, the profundity of some uh, current development going on around the globe. Uh, we would definitely like to thank Andrew for engineering once again here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. The program has been Gray Matters. Cherry uh, Mac is uh, upcoming shortly with Yazoo City Calling, so uh, do stay tuned. That's sort of a down home blues show for perhaps new listeners out there. Uh, very interesting on this whole uh, <laughs> speculation about what's going to happen. Uh, with interest rates, but we'll talk about that in upcoming weeks. Yet another uh, shooting at a college here in the United States, tragic event.
1: Yeah, school's back in session, so uh, first school shooting. 30,000 uh, Americans
0: die from gunshot wounds every year, but uh, what's the number one problem in America? Planned Parenthood.
1: <laughs> and Mexico.
0: And Mexico. <laughs> well, we've uh, been cut off, so do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling, coming up next.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. 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 Though they kill me of murder, 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 I have been harmed a man. That's Texas Alexander in the background doing the Levy Camp moan, telling you it's time for Yazoo City calling here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta blues and early urban blues, performed and lived by the men and women who started it all. This particular track by Texas Alexander, recorded in 1827 and found on an RBF collection. The Country Blues, Volume 2, is compiled and edited by Samuel Charters. So we have a beautiful late summer evening happening out there. So whatever you're doing, if you're on the porch, front porch, back porch, got the radio up, we've got Monday Evening Blues for you. Welcome aboard. I couldn't follow you like you showed away.